Hello and welcome to CAA Conversations. I'm Glenn Holmstrom, Professor of Art at Newman University. In this podcast, Rita McDonald, New York-based artist who makes very large temporary wall drawings and very small pencil drawings on paper, and Christina Tanaglia, visiting assistant professor at Vassar College in Poughkeepsie, New York, who teaches sculpture, drawing, and printmaking, discuss teaching failure. Rita holds a BFA in printmaking from Rhode Island School of Design and an MFA from School of Visual Art. And Christina holds a BA from Vassar College and an MFA from Yale University School of Art. Um, hi, and thanks for having us. So, Christina, okay, now we know each other um, as practicing artists, and we share a lot of similar concerns in our work. And when we were first chatting about doing this podcast, we started talking about how in our work and in our lives as artists, we both view failure and being open to growing from you know, falling on your face as um, you know, a pretty integral part of the process of making art. But I think for most students, their experience is that the majority of their education has always been focused around the idea of learning as being you know, success-driven with success being this end result that can be measured by grades and you know, by the student achieving goals that have been set out for them. So when they first start studying art in a serious way, and I definitely had this experience in college as an art student myself, the idea of embracing failure can, I think, seem like a like an alien concept. So I'm curious to talk to you about your experiences teaching, you know, and your approach in the classroom. Like, how do you teach failure as a skill or as a tool that can be developed like anything else or learned? I teach in a program where um, I, I teach in a liberal arts college, not an art school. And um, so students are taking art. Students that take art often aren't majoring in art. And the program that we have starts with a drawing one class that all students are required to take before they move forward into upper level classes. And it's a year long class and it's a real commitment. And what I find is that the first kind of rub up against failure that they have has a lot to do with expectations. Um, Students come in, the classes are for Vassar where I teach rather large, there are 18 or more students. And the skill level is totally varied. Some students have no experience and some students have taken um, what they consider to be drawing or art classes in high school and and are quite good at at what they do. But students come into that class thinking that they're going to be making really finished, beautiful drawings. And that is rarely the case in their mind. Not in my mind, but in their mind. Is that something Um, that you have to talk about with the expectations that it could be? A little bit, yeah. yeah. You know, it's hard to um, talk about it and have them understand it right away. So it's really more something that they have to experience. And so it, it really is a lot about kind of changing their expectations about what is a finished drawing, right. about that, that, that they're not going to do everything at once, that right. we're going to learn things kind of incrementally, and that there are a lot of steps along the way where they will fail, right. but okay. that failure is not a bad thing. That right. failure is all, you know, part of the process. Because right. if you sort of spend your life being trying to be, trying the hardest to be a good student, and that means achieving a skill, you know, learning how to do a skill and then achieving and showing that this is a skill that I can do, then you come into 
you know, classroom where having that skill isn't the goal. That's right. That's right. And you really can't move forward without experiencing the skill. Right. You know, you kind of stay in the same place. I do find in other upper-level upper classes, sculpture and printmaking, um, and working with seniors, doing senior projects, and so on and so forth, if we allow students by special permission to take upper level classes without having taken the drawing class, you know, that they, they don't just learn drawing in the drawing class. They, right. It's the first time where a lot of these students are experiencing what, what kind of we would call developing a practice. Right. And if they haven't taken that drawing class and they move into an upper level class because they have other how or um, you know they can't fit it in and they really want to take something there you really do realize in those upper level classes that those students haven't quite experienced that change in expectation yet right, right. that they have a harder time in the beginning understanding how to work through something you know how to let something go if it isn't working you know being a little more fluid and a little more loose as they're making something along the way knowing that they need to leave themselves open to making changes when necessary so taking that drawing class is not you know learning drawing is just one small aspect of it it really has a much bigger picture working with students like you said who prior to coming to college their student careers have been so focused on success and that definition of success starts to change when you enter college and um, life (laughs) in the the bigger sense. So, yeah. Yeah. And what, like, I often think about the relationship of um, failure to skill and to craft, because I think, especially as a student artist, you're trying to develop all these different skills and to, you know, figure out which, you know, which craft is your voice. You know, you try drawing, you try ceramics, you try photography, you try all these different things, and you're trying to, you know, find where your voice fits and how you communicate. And then you spend so much time trying to learn that craft. Yeah. But so much a part of being an artist is trying something and failing, like falling flat on your face from it and using that as a means to A, get better at the skill and the craft, to like push, push boundaries to a point where you learn, you know, that you can expand the boundaries of that craft and your use of it. But then also emotionally, like a way to learn how, you know, each piece that you make is not going to be the end. You're not looking for an end solution. You're yeah. looking to like try and find a practice or a voice. And you can only do that by like failing over and over. Yeah. And that doesn't end when you're, you know, an artist. And then when you're talking about skill and learning how to do something technically, understanding that when things fail, it's often an opportunity right. to right. discover something yeah. about that that skill or that material that maybe wasn't your goal right, right. per se, um, but that you've discovered and can lead you in a different direction. Right, right. And so really being open to those failures. I mean, in my own practice, I have never been able to I've never found a way to incorporate sound materials, which really interest me. Right. But I end up using almost everything that I use as material from something that has already failed. Right, right. So, <laughs> so in a way, I kind of make my right, own right. sound material. Right, right. It, you know, and and um, it took me a long time to get comfortable with, you know, 
completely obliterating something when it wasn't working right, right. and and then finding a way to reincorporate yeah. those things into other works. Yeah, and chance and mistakes can be, you know, a great um, part of work and it can, in fact, be like the, you know, the focus of a lot of artists' work. Exactly. But that's hard, I think, for students to jump into that. It is, and um, to bring the drawing class back into it, one of the things that I find students really struggle with is this idea of erasure or of the history of an object yeah. coming through. They really want everything to be kind of perfect and they want the marks that they make to remain. And we spend a lot of time erasing right. things, right. Uh, you know, um, forcing students right. to erase things. <laughs> so they try something. Exactly, exactly. Right. So that they, they become, you know, more open to that idea of keeping something fluid and of kind of backtracking. And that's, this is not at all to say that work that doesn't have erasure in it is sure. not good in right, some right. way or to make some kind of judgment call right. on that. Because again, we're really not talking about at this level, a, a um, really defined practice. We're talking right. about or coming out. The goal of the class isn't to come out with exactly. five masterpieces. Yeah. Teaching you the tools to self be self-critical and self-edit. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But but we go through one exercise um, where I um, or one drawing. I, I don't even really like to call them exercises. Where I, I will give directions throughout the drawing. So each student will kind of be working on their own drawing, and I often start them with an object that they choose. But then every kind of three to five to 10 minutes, I will give them an instruction. And some of those instructions are now erase half the drawing. Right. You know, and that they've been working yeah, on that for much, an hour. Yeah, yeah. And it, you know, yeah, it's, some, it's, it's, jumping it's that brutal. It's yeah, torture. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> half the students don't right. want to, and I'm the sure. other half want to tear the whole right. thing up. Right. So. Right. <laughs> well, and then, I mean, there's so many materials, too, as an artist that, you know, that is part of the process. Like we were talking about printmaking or ceramics or glass blowing, where, you know, you don't have control. Like in drawing, the, the first skill most artists learn, so they feel control or they feel yes. sort of sense of like, I can make a successful work of art from these parameters. But once you get into like another material that you don't know at all and that has so much process involved in it, like photography or printmaking, part of the process becomes screwing up. Absolutely. And, like, and seeing what happens. Yes. And learning, you know, to be okay with that. And it is, as we started thinking about this idea, I really did start to think about how different experiences of what we're calling failure, how different it is um, in different mediums and in different classes. Obviously, there are things that are the same and that cross over, but, you know, I don't teach glass blowing, thank goodness, right. because that's all heartbreak. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've done it. But, you know, even in printmaking, you know, students can be, there are so many places where something can go wrong yeah, yeah. That's, that's a technical aspect. Right, yeah. And again, you have to leave yourself open to chance and to right. liking something, to liking, you know, a stray mark on a, yeah. on a carved block or um, incorporating it or, you know, you were talking about yeah. a cracked, a cracked right. lithography stone and that kind of thing but um and learning how to be self-critical in exactly. a way that um says okay I'm going to own that you know that accident that happened or that chance thing that happened and taking it 
as part of your work and you know using it rather than and and choosing to make it part of your work yeah and i think i think some of these discussions about some of these technical skills like with printmaking you know you start to realize as you're for students as they're taking these classes well that process of going through all of those steps is either something I'm interested in or something right. I'm not interested right. in. Yeah. I either want to work more directly or right. I'm interested in what can happen right. along the line of all of those steps. Right, right. And I think that's really important for, for students to learn too Definitely. as yeah. they start to develop a practice. Yeah. What what do they want to go through to get right. to the final result and right. what do they not want to go through right, right, to get right. to the final result? Right. So yeah. And then um you know, you combine that then with, so, you know, we've been talking a little bit about failure, you know, in materials and in skill and so on and so forth, but then there's a whole failure of an idea. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> and like failure, feeling like your idea or your concept has failed and you're not communicating what you want. And, but then also the idea of using failure as an idea or as a way to communicate kind of your experience. Um, and I think that's something I know as for myself as an artist, that's taken me a long time to be comfortable with the idea of showing more vulnerability or showing, um, using vulnerability or, um, awkwardness as a means of communication, you know, with the viewer. Cause I think that's a way that really does in artwork communicate humanness to another person. Absolutely. You know, perfection. Yeah. Um, interest as I get older as a student perfection interested me a lot because I thought it was that you know achieving the goal of skill like in getting skill and as I get older as an artist and you know I think that interests me less and less and uh, sort of allowing the vulnerability or embarrassment because you know making any type of making any kind of art is embarrassing you know and showing it it's embarrassing and you're putting yourself out there and I think that awkwardness I'm getting more comfortable Seeing that as a means of communication. Yeah, and um, you know, the the in college is also the first time, you know, like you said, where students are getting maybe a little bit further away of this idea of perfection that right. you talked about. And um, we uh, do um, department critiques, so we have critiques in classes, of course, but department critiques as well. And these are really places where you know, the idea of failure is experienced not as individually, but as a group right, sure, and that yeah. a group dynamic develops. And there is, um, it's always uncomfortable putting up work, especially yeah. when you're learning and when you haven't mastered something right, right. and when you are struggling with what you're doing. And this struggle is both in idea and in skill. Right. And it's, you know, really up to not just the professor, but the students as well yeah, to try to create an environment where um, there's kind of safety in numbers right, right. and you can put up work that um, you might be a little bit embarrassed by right. and get good feedback on. Okay. You know, you're creating a, a situation um, where something isn't perfect and maybe something has failed, but it's important to talk about it, right, right. you know what I mean? Yeah. It's important not to just leave it behind or not to throw it away or not right, to, right. Um, because that's, you know, that's where the learning happens yeah, and yeah. Um, that's where you can yeah, and it, push forward. It definitely seems to me that it's a twofold thing because there's, like, I think the importance of group, group critiques, you know, is just that, like, you're making yourself vulnerable. You're, But it, you also have to defend yourself. You have to sort of figure out a way to say, like, I'm going to take that information 
and where you say this piece isn't successful and you know you get might get 15 different um, responses and yeah. you see how 15 different people are interpreting your work exactly and you might mean something totally different so exactly. you can kind of take that information and you have to choose to grow from it and accept it or you know defend yourself a little bit and you know take some information but I I think so that openness is on the student but then in terms of like the classroom like how do you create an environment that putting up an unsuccessful piece of work isn't doesn't bring shame to the student or to say like oh I failed I'm a failure like they don't translate this work is a failure to or is unsuccessful to I'm unsuccessful as an artist you know like and I think that's twofold it's on the student to be mature enough to um, learn how to take critique yeah but then also uh, in my experience there can be great group dynamics and Absolutely, absolutely. I do, I do think that um, you know, in these group critiques, it, it's a really, really great place for you. Don't just have to experience your own failure to right. learn from it. Yeah, no, it's a it, because there are other students there and everybody's showing work. You can learn a lot about moving past something or learning from something that isn't working right. by participating in a critique where other people are sure yeah sometimes it's easier to see exactly and so I oftentimes tell students at the beginning of a class you will learn way more from each other yeah. than right, right. than you'll ever learn from me and it really is one of those situations you know there are classes that you take where what you learn is really dependent on on you right, and right. then there are classes that you take where what you learn is really dependent on the group as a whole right, and right. this is this is really one of those classes you're making a lot of times work independently but what you're learning is coming from the work that everybody is making right right and I really love that dynamic yeah. in the classroom yeah. um in, yeah. in all the classes that yeah. I teach, regardless of the medium. And people will happen upon things, they'll make mistakes sure. that will they might not like, but yeah. somebody else will pick I, up on. Yeah, I was just going to say that because sometimes for me, especially as a student, it was easier to see that, you know, sometimes when you're making a work, you're not necessarily looking for, like, the goal of answering a question or sort of coming. You're more looking for a resolution of that um, piece. And sometimes what the resolution is, is kind of a contradiction or some sense of discomfort or discord in the piece. Yeah. And that's easier to see, I think, especially as a student in someone else's work. Yeah. You can see like, oh, if there was that element of discord or a color that didn't sit with everything else. It would really uh, work. Yeah. Whereas in your own work, you're like, oh, I couldn't possibly use that green because, it, you know, it would, you know, it just doesn't work. But, you know, if you remove yourself from the situation... Um, you can see it, and I think that learning, seeing that in other people, helps you learn how to self-edit and self. Absolutely, and and it's funny because um, they don't just see that with other students' work, but you know, I take my printmaking, we take drawing and printmaking um, to the museum at Vassar, and I pull work from the collection to look at, and all of that work has all kinds of levels of roughness and mark right. and um things that in their own work the students would consider mistakes right right but they accept it right right in work that they're viewing at the museum right, right. you know and so it really um it's not that they don't 
they can they can accept it in other people's work, but it's it really is part of a process right. to get them to accept it in their own work and to um to realize that that's part of the process. Right. Um, so do you think that part of it, part of teaching failure, the students is changing the language around failure, like what that is? Changing the language, is? absolutely. I mean, you know, I don't use the word failure in the classroom right. for sure. Right, right. You no, know, that would make <laughs> exactly. Um, and it wouldn't be correct either right. because right. a lot of, exactly, right. a lot of what we're talking about is, is not failure. And, you know, the kind of the more we think about it and the more we talk about it, you realize it really is just part of the process. Right. You know, nothing, nothing is perfect all the time. Right, right. For sure. Um, <laughs> yeah, and that's not what, I mean, as an artist and as a viewer of art, that's not really what I look for in art. I don't exactly. to see art to see something perfect. Or yeah. something to have an experience or a connection to the person that made that. You know, and to learn something from their experience yeah. in the world and how they view things. So. And it's funny because I um I I have had students say to me at the end of the semester, I kept thinking the class would get easier, <laughs> you know, because we were right. learning stuff. Right, right. And my response is always, yes, but we learn new stuff all the right, time. Right, right, so right. It's not. It's the you right. know the the kind of bar moving you know we're not catching up to right, it it's well and that's a good um, way to say because that's an occupational hazard as an artist like a practicing artist you have to stay in that space and that's you know yeah you're setting you're teaching them how to do that yeah absolutely and you know the the number one well maybe not the number one thing but you know such an important thing for for me to try to encourage students to do is to push themselves right and and um to encourage them to rub up you know, to go past the point to rub up against failures right, right. in order to keep moving forward. If if they stay in a really safe, comfortable space, you know, they're they're not learning. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. and so um, and that's true both in sort of materials like the actual materials, and then also in the thought process too. Absolutely, mm -hmm. yeah. Your practice is a little different than mine in that you um, do things out in public more than I right. do. Well, I don't know. If that's <laughs> Yeah, I, I do make large installations that I you know, have to install on site. How do you so, find that to be different from working in the studio? Well, yeah, I have. I also do drawings in the studio. I do think they are, in terms of talking about failure, they are they are sort of different situations. The the works that I do as installations, I make these sort of large um, pieces on the wall, and they're usually I'm installing it like one week before, like the week leading up to, um, and right up to the last minute of the opening, and the chance for risk taking is comes, you know, before I'm on site because once I'm on site, like it's kind of got to work. Yeah. You know? So, um, where, and I'm a little bit more afraid of failing in that instance because it's so public. It's so, you know, the fail would be more spectacular. Yeah. But, but where, when I'm working on drawings in the studio, I'm setting up the situation for myself. And in one way it's easier to fail because I can just rip it up and never show anyone. But in another way, the stakes are different because I'm not forced up against that failure. Yeah. And that sometimes being forced up against failure can push me, in my experience, um, to take risk and to, you know, just make something because it has to get done, you know, and where and I, and I have to show it because I've already invited people to come see it. <laughs> you know, where it's work that I'm making in my studio, I, I have the luxury of saying like, oh, well, no one will ever see this. So yeah. It's it's two sided. Like it's good because I can take more chances in one way. But in another way, maybe, you know, 
it's a little safer. Well, and it is, um, I mean, thinking about that in reference to kind of the life of the student, it's interesting because unlike the um, kind of luxury that we have now right. in a studio practice where um, we can- Yeah, we control it. We control yeah. it and we can make stuff that doesn't have to be right. seen. You know, students on the other hand are up against deadlines yeah. and what they and public and and you know they're working in a public studio yeah. a lot of times and people see what they're doing and yeah. I can see what they're doing right. even if they don't want me to right, right. and um and then they have to hand something right, right. in you know right. something is due so um for them it is almost constant this you know this constant public right. making of work right. um that I you know I think sometimes as a working artist. I have to remind myself that when I'm working at home and I can make a mistake and nobody, or, you know, come up with an, you know, this is what happens to me. I have this idea of something in my head. I go to make it and, you know, I'm like, what, how could I possibly have thought this was a good idea? Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. um, but nobody knows, right, but right, me, right, right. you know, so I do have to constantly kind of remind myself that they're in a different position right. where they are up against these, those you know, fabricated deadlines right, right. of assignments. Do you and feel like students have this idea that you as an artist or other working artists don't? Because I think students we were talking about before often sort of are worried that their ideas are dumb or I can't possibly, you know, do this. Do they have this idea that, you know, you or working artists don't have that struggle too? Like, do you talk about that? Like, we do. I, I had a student who I was doing an independent project with um, last year, and it was the first time that she was really delving into more independent work. And at one point she said to me, I don't know if I should make everything that I think of or like where where do I edit at this point? And my answer was, yes, you should make everything that you think of, no matter how stupid it seems at the right, time. Right because of where you are and um you know i think that in my own practice a lot too of course you know i mean there are so many places to edit along the way right but if you um if you edit an idea out if you kill it too soon you just right. don't you're you're losing the opportunity to see where yeah. it goes yeah, yeah. um and and as a student taking a class meeting assignments you don't always have that option right. to um, make everything that comes to mind because right, you right. do have to fulfill an assignment so right. it's really something that develops more as um, students start um, developing their own practice but it, I thought that was such an interesting question I mean right. she was really right, struggling right. with yeah, like yeah, I mean yeah, you know I made that that right. was stupid right. I mean, you know like we're right. you know um, and um, some things were more successful than right. others right. but can't get to the successful thing right. unless you make the thing that's not as right, successful. Right. It's all it's all right. part of the right. cumulative, you know, way of, of working through an idea. Right, right. So, but I, I I do I do love sometimes when students hit on those really basic things that right, I right. you know we forget to talk right, about. Right, yeah. You know, and yeah, then all yeah. of a sudden the you yeah know, we deal with in our studios all the time. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. so maybe um, I don't know to to sort of wrap up our conversation, like, can we go back for a minute to, because I'm fascinated by the idea of language, like how, because as we were talking about in our studios, as an artist, you're working by yourself and you do go out and you sort of have a community of artists that you bounce ideas off of and talk about, but you're really like self-contained and self-critical. Yeah. And so I'm curious, how do you take what students are going through with, around this idea of language, like um, success and failure. Like I've always been focused on success and now, you know, I'm in this sort of realm of art where 
I have to be open to failure. Like, how do you change the language or the, or sort of teach that jumping, you know, from being goal oriented? Um, uh, You know, I think, I mean, language is really tricky. I don't know. I I, I honestly can't think of a particular terminology that I use with them. It's really more of an experience. You're really, you're really kind of guiding them through an experience of these um, ups and downs. And sometimes the downs are really down and sometimes the ups are really ups. And sometimes that's an experience, not necessarily a scary one. Exactly. Exactly. And you can't, you can't, you know, kind of have the quote unquote successes or the things that are working without having, without having gone through the things that don't. And what's really interesting with students sometimes is when we disagree on what's working and what's not working. Yeah, yeah. And again, that comes back to the sort of group critique. Absolutely. How do you learn how to take critique and, but also at the same time, guard your voice? Yes. And then you run the risk of um, when you're helping a student kind of through this process, you know, there's like we kind of talked about in the beginning where the students want to make everything finished and perfect. Right. And then if they keep rubbing up against failure, then sometimes you end up where the student isn't finishing anything. Right, right. And yeah. that's something yeah. else you have to kind of guide them yeah, through. Yeah. Well, let's I finish with that this. Yeah, yes. absolutely. Um, because, and, and that can be a tricky place too, yeah. where you just end up not following through. Right, right. Um, and sometimes you do have to finish something. Yeah, because I think that fear of failure is, you know, it's not something that goes away. Like you can't, you know, you can start working on it. Like the fear doesn't yet. go away because the failure is always right. present. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's where we should yeah. stop. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so now back to studio world. Well, thanks uh, for participating. This was uh, an interesting discussion, and I'm sure our uh, membership will enjoy listening. Well, thanks for thanks for having thanks us. Thanks so much for having us.